0: Grandma be here. Yes, it is already the preparation day. So do you all know what the preparation day is? The preparation day is the day before God's day. So that would be the day before the Shabbat. So I have a lot of things to do. Plus, I am I volunteered to take someone else to the doctor. Hence, it will give me an opportunity to train Otto in a different setting so he can be a therapy dog eventually. Oh Lord, oh Lord, what's this world coming to? So I must share that it's been on my mind heavy the term that so many Christians use when they say, don't judge anyone. You're not supposed to judge at all. Oh my goodness, is that a misconstrued uh, comment or a vow that uh, has been misconstrued over the years? Where would we be if we didn't judge good from evil? You know, it's we have to do righteous judgment. We have to perform judgments. We have to make discerning decisions. Is this somebody that I want to hang around with? Is this something I want to do, Lord? What are these people doing? Oh my god, that surely is not good. And what are these people doing? Oh, they're doing good. Okay. So we are what we do. That's for sure, isn't it? When you see people that just sleep and hang around and and even do dope in public with little children, that is just wrong. It's just incorrect. And then you see the child running across the street with no parental observation, almost hit by a car. But nobody does a darn thing. Nobody calls the police. Nobody says, hey, these parents are unfit. They don't even watch their children correctly when they're down and out smoking marijuana. And they even smoke it in the front yard blatantly like it's something that they want to advertise. It's very sad. I know Colorado law says no marijuana smoking in public, but, oh, these people do it all around here. And they have the little kids in the car. They're doing it in the car, so they're driving. It's very dangerous to drive on the streets of Colorado because of that. So um, let me continue nose breathing so that I don't get upset about it. Um, I will be continuing my podcast later on. I'm sorry that I haven't been on in so long, but when I'm upset, I tend to keep my mouth shut and hibernate until I feel the strength and the energy to come out and say, Why? Why am I being quiet about this? You know, people are allowed to continue to break the law all around me. And uh, if I were to do such a thing, I would be in jail. It's, it's not luck, it's just favoritism of this community. The district attorney doesn't seem to want to prosecute anybody of his own kind. I would call that racist. Although they claim that this group of people don't have the ability to be racist. They're the ones that are being treated in a racist way by those of privilege. Well, those of privilege usually have worked to have gained privilege. We have worked hard to be where we are. How dare they say that we are of privilege. You know, there is a difference between working people and people that do nothing and amount to nothing nothing but evil. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. I will be coming back soon and we'll discuss it further. Hopefully I'll settle down a bit. And uh, if anybody wants to call in and talk to me about it, feel free to do so. But, thank God that I can uh, still communicate. Injured my knee yesterday, I was standing out in the yard and the two boys were roughhousing and boy they came wallowing in, rolling full force and crashed right into the side of my legs. So hard to the point that I it wiped me out. Took me right by surprise and knocked me on my butt. Left me with quite a bad bruise on the side of my knee and the outside of my So I have one. Uh, how long it's going to last. Hopefully I'll be better. And just every time I move it, it still hurts. So I'm staying off of it for a little while. Thought I'd read a little bit out of my uh, book that I'm so fond of. The one that was sent to me for free. And of course I want to share... let yo for every single possible contaminant. The confusion is the lack of uniformity in the way testing is carried out from state to state. The real damning thing to me, Joe said, is that the state regulators are different everywhere. Each state was bombshell news. It was bombshell news. In a November email to his colleague, I think it's a pretty stark example of the kinds of things I was concerned about, and those were the reasons why I left. He continued saying he had concern about the industry's interest being in conflict with public malicious or not. That's when he started feeling chest pains. First he had trouble breathing, then he found himself coughing up wads of phlegm. Ugh. phlegm. another Washingtonian article about Joe's work. This time the headline read, A major cannabis review site is shutting down because its founder doesn't think Conversation, Joe no Rose. Grandma be here. I'm going to put on a happy attitude. It is Shabbat, and I know we'll be devotions doing devotions soon. I am resting and um, icing my knee in hopes that it will be better soon. I know um, with a little bit of uh, blood flow restriction, the knee is healing much faster. I'm so glad. I am studying uh, BFR, blood flow restriction, on my limbs because when the blood flow is a bit constricted, the limb is not as hard to uh, move and it becomes much lighter. We have to we have to do it very carefully but it is possible to lighten up and make a limb easier for the body to carry um it's not the constriction is very minimal but it does help it's uh it's like adding pressure to an injured part of the body and uh, it can also be called katsu in Japan, they have been using katsu for some time to, to make body parts heal faster. So, but I'm in the process of still reading, and I'm seeing that there are many forces behind the revolution. I am so concerned about the pot industry and what it is doing to destroy our nation. There are so many other things that would be so much better to... Um, promote sell or uh, make a living from we all have to eat so food is definitely a necessary um, a a necessary commodity that people consume and uh, say for instance um, somebody that opens a juice bar or a, a snack bar or a or an ice cream even an ice cream shop i mean i don't really consume ice cream but i suppose ice cream could be could be healthy one could make healthy ice cream keto ice cream for instance so anyway the forces behind the pot revolution i think are immense so the man with the mic swayed restlessly in a white swivel chair he cut a dashing figure youthful in a buzz cut a dark v-neck shirt burgundy slacks and white nike sneakers no socks for him either i don't think he forgot them as i had this was actually part of the image he cultivated as a controversial co-founder and chief executive of MedMen, one of the leading entrepreneurs of the pot in the nation. It was February 2019 on a snowy day in Boston that Adam Bierman, a fashionably sockless pot poser child, delivered the opening keynote address, holding court before a standing-room-only crowd in a huge auditorium at the convention called Seed to Sale Show, navigating the next wave in the cannabis revolution. To Adam and this industry, desperate to break away from Chiching Ching Chong stereotypes, it's not called marijuana, pot, or wheat anymore. Rather, the more refined term is cannabis is preferred. As if it were some kind of special res- reserve, Chablis, from the Burgundy nation of France, which, to hear Adam tell it, it was. Cannabis make the world a safer, happier place, he crowded on stage. He crowed on stage, much like Steve Jobs did about the iPhone. With an almost giddy glibness, Adam claimed, Cannabis saved my marriage, though details were less than forthcoming. Hazy even. He also credited marijuana with helping him fall asleep at night. Then he went on to say that he was convinced pot would change the world. In the not-so-distant future, he envisioned weed being sold in upscale retail locations. Places that look more like Whole Foods, where there would be gleaming aisles of neatly packaged products. After all, Adam boasted, most people who partake of pot in the United States do so for what he called the purposes of wellness. (laughs) Purposes of wellness. Absolutely awful. But what of all the recent news articles, including one from Marijuana skeptics? Malcolm Gladwell in The New Yorker raising concerns about whether pot is even safe. Four people read that stuff. Adam said dismissedly, It's just noise, man. Drowning out that noise, as he indicated, is the promise of profit. Fundamentals will reveal, he said, sounding more like a Wall Street analyst than a man selling a federally illegal product that induces a mind-bending high. Adam began to brag about how suits from ten top banks paid their respects, visiting his office in the hopes of winning his business. He taught it. He touted the benefits of normalizing marijuana, st- stating that it would generate jobs and tax revenue. I'll buy it without disclosing any of the fine print. Don't worry, I will in a moment. Everyone wants a piece of the pot pie, including big tobacco, big pharma, big alcohol all of which are making moves to get into the marijuana business. According to Adam, this thing is so big that it earned the nickname inspired by the gold rush in 1849, the Green Rush. This is my purpose on this planet, Adam declared before concluding his remarks to an enraptured audience. Let me give Adam his due. He was right about at least one thing. There was a mad dash among corporate interests, especially the trinity of tobacco, pharmaceutical and alcohol companies to make a quick buck on pot. But they rushed in, ignoring the potential effects on consumer health, as if they had learned nothing from past mistakes, except perhaps <coughs> excuse me how to sidestep them. <coughs> to wit, after Big Tobacco was exposed, for the health danger cigarettes posed, Philip Morris, the marker of the maker of Marlboro, rebranded itself as the more innocuous, if not unrecognizable, Altria. Seeking new financial frontiers, as cigarette smoking waned. Altria made a flurry of marijuana deals, spending $1.8 million to purchase a 45% stake in Kronos Group, the biggest pot company in Canada. Altria also spent $12.8 billion for a 75% stake in Juul. The e-cigarette maker Juul is widely considered a stocking horse, for the marijuana business through its former parent company, PAX, P-A-X, which shares the same technology allowing users to vaporize VEED with its products. Also worth noting is that Jaul, also known as Joule, has come under fire for the surge in use of its products among high school students, hooking them on nicotine. In fact, the FDA launched an investigation into Juul's alleged predatory marketing to underage children via social media. Why Juul took its ads down, PAX, similar branding, and youth-appealing ads remain up. A 2014 report, by researchers at the University of California, San Francisco, and the University of Helsinki, demonstrate the interactions between big tobacco and marijuana in the fledgling e-cigarette market. E-cigarettes are another nexus between tobacco and marijuana. E-cigarettes can be used as marijuana delivery devices using hash oil and are difficult to distinguish from conventional e-cigarettes. In 2014, Altria, formerly Philip Morse, purchased Florida-based Green Smoke, an e-cigarette company whose logo and website suggests crossover marijuana use. And as of 2014, normal... National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, was assisting the tobacco and e-cigarette companies in opposing efforts to include e-cigarettes in clean indoor air laws. Tobacco giant Imperial Brands, the fifth largest tobacco company on earth, And the manufacturer of Winston cigarettes recently made an equity investment in a British firm that researches, develops, and licenses marijuana products. Leaked internal documents show that Big Tobacco considers marijuana as just a natural expansion of current smoking habits, which If a more tolerant attitude were even taken, would be a change in habit comparable to moving over to cigars? The marijuana policy, also known as MPP, one of the largest organizations seeking to legalize marijuana openly collaborates with tobacco companies, soliciting their donations to contribute, to continue expanding the market for marijuana nationally. Its board chair is a cousin of billionaire Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. The former head of the company that produced OxyContin, a drug largely responsible for the opioid epidemic, recently moved into the medical marijuana product market. The state of Massachusetts alleged John Stewart, as Purdue Pharma CEO, directed his company sales rep to visit prescribers more than 70,000 times. Meanwhile, Sandoz, a generic drug unit of Novartis, the Swiss pharmaceutical maker, recently struck a global distribution deal with Tilray, a major Canadian marijuana maker, for a Co-branded marijuana oils for co-branded marijuana oils and other products that allegedly treat ailments such as epilepsy, sleep disorders, and post-traumatic stress. All claims open to significant doubt. Constellation Brands, the producer of Corona beers, Recently, made a multi billion dollar investment in Canopy, another big Canadian pot company. Tilray, its Canadian brethren in pot, recently formed a hundred million partnership with Anheuser Busch in Bev, the behemoth behind Budweiser aimed at creating a pot-infused substitute for beer. Not to be outdone, Molson Coors, as well as smaller beer makers, such as the creator of Blue Moon, are developing lines of custom marijuana-infused so-called craft beers. Weed-infused wine is already on the market via Cana Vines. Meanwhile, our intelligent reports indicate that the Beer Institute and Wine and Spirit Wholesalers of America and the Distilled Spirits Council have begun to work with the pot industry as their reps meet quietly to collaborate. Despite their products' legal status, society has had numerous disastrous experience in the past with all three industries, pharmaceutical, alcohol, and tobacco. Legal tobacco and alcohol combined kill more than 500,000 Americans a year. That's 10 times the number of deaths from all illegal drugs methamphetamine, heroin, crack, and more put together. And these legal killers incur at least $15 in social costs for every $1 in taxes they rake in. If we're being honest, we've never regulated those drugs in a responsible way. Alcohol and tobacco are most certainly drugs In case you're wondering, lobbyists and special interests essentially own the rulemaking when it comes to such drugs. Why in the world would we think we could get it right this time? The substance of choice now just happens to be marijuana, but it could be any substance. Already, there are moves to legalize other drugs. Denver, for instance, became the first city to decriminalize the hallucinogenic mushrooms. Followed by Washington, D.C. and Oregon has decriminalized heroin in an effort funded by a group whose goal is to legalize all drugs, including crack and amphetamine. How about antibiotics? Now, wouldn't, shouldn't we legalize antibiotics uh, why why are we forced to see a doctor when we think we need antibiotics why can't we just buy antibiotics over the counter huh that's my personal comment to this statement again i ask do we really want to repeat history actually some do the green rush or the marijuana revolution attracts more than those who are already in the business of peddling mind-altering products. Even Scott's miracle Grow, the giant gardening supply firm, has joined the fray. miracle Grow doesn't just produce big tomatoes anymore. It's, it produces big lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C., too. Today this company is one of the strongest proponents of legalizing marijuana and what's the connection? The almighty dollar. Sensing a financial windfall, Miracle Grow is spending hundreds and millions of dollars purchasing alkyli companies in the pot business, such as manufacturers grow, of grow lights and hydroponic equipment. And in November 2020, they helped finance a successful effort to firmly ensconce marijuana legalization in the New Jersey state constitution. The numbers are hard to ignore. Legal pot sales have rocketed, rising 259% in just four years from 3.4 billion to 12.2 billion worldwide in 2018 according to Roy Bingham the chief executive of BDS analysis analytics, analytics this is the largest growth of any product in the consumer industry by 2022 Bingham predicts legally licensed marijuana will be a billion global industry, dwarfing Hollywood's annual box office growth. But what's happening with marijuana isn't just greed, for lack of a better word, it's also about hubris. We return to Greek tragedy. (coughs) Excuse me. But the key figures in today's drama. Other major financiers of the pot reserves, uber-wealthy capitalists whose names remain largely shrouded in mystery. Have you looked lately how much it costs to open a pot store, how much a person has to put down at the state office in order? It's like $15,000 to start out just to get a license. That's my personal comment here in Colorado. And it is uh, available for anybody to look up uh, what they have to do to meet the criteria to open their own pot store or to operate a pot uh, a pot nursery. They operate in the shadows of anonymity, pulling the trigger on multi-million dollar deals from laptops in the perch of high-rises Unbothered by the lack of notoriety, consumed by an acquisitiveness bordering an obsession. They don't want you to know who they are. I believe some of them are probably um, the cartel. But yes, big money is funding and sponsoring the infiltration of all these pot industry operations from um, nurseries to farms to storefronts to manufacturing plants now where they manufacture candy laced with THC. They just want to gather expensive toys, personal jets, villas, and Ferraris. So these people that are sponsoring this marijuana stuff and lying to the people... Uh, are sitting in their high rises, is what that paragraph said. They're sitting in their high rises and they're uh orchestrating to have it's just like having a Starbucks on every corner, we're having a pot store on every corner. That's how one such financier keeps score. He resides in Canada, one of the um. Uh, of the legal pot boom, which has spun off a series of initial public shock offering a uh, a la the dot-com boom of an earlier generation. To borrow a touchstone phrase, the irrational exuberance of investors in the early aughts, created a stampede of newly-minted millionaires, not unlike today's marijuana moguls. If the analogy holds, however, investors of the marijuana boom should remember what happened during the Internet boom. It busted. In the meantime, they count their earnings and try to score bigger and bigger objects of desire. This is happening at the same time the Auditor General of Canada's most populated province, Ontario, is saying the marijuana industry does not have proper oversight. A damning December 2020 report from the office criticized inventory controls over recreational cannabis sold in retail stores and found that 80% of the marijuana sold was on the illegal market, among other major concerns. On a recent pot stock deal, the Canadian financier netted tens of millions of dollars on paper while sitting in a quiet lunch joint one afternoon, shortly after his windfall, he looked unhappy. Apparently, he couldn't find a suitable second home to buy. You can't just get what you used to for north of uh, $10 million. His buddy, a venture capitalist, also from Canada, looked to match his unhappy compadre. This other multimillionaires recently recruited a small team, including a farmer from New England, to work out the logistics of boarding a private jet and flying off on a secret mission to the Caribbean. Their goal to persuade the Prime Minister of a small island nation to allow them to purchase a hundred acres to grow marijuana. Their investment, a couple million dollars. Their anticipated profit, upward of a hundred million dollars. That's not a typo. They expected to make an up herd of 50-fold return on their money in a single year. There's a notable difference, though, between the internet bubble and what? we're experiencing today with the mad rush to normalize marijuana. Executives of various pot enterprises worry about being arrested while crossing the U.S. border from Canada. And for good reason. Despite being clothed in fine linen, these chieftains are at a basic level operating as drug dealers according to federal law. Hallelujah! Get them out of here! But how's that going to happen with this Biden administration is what I think is too bad that we can't stop this crap. Not that you can tell by their behavior. They acted as if there wasn't a whiff of impropriety about their business during the aforementioned pot convention in Boston. The frenzied floor had the look and feel of almost any other buzzing industry trade show in love with itself. Off in one corner of the bustling expo sat salesmen from a Chinese maker of industrial LED lighting pivoting to pot as a new opportunity They were now marketing grow lights for the bludgeoning marijuana cultivation business. Miracle Grow wasn't the only one trying to corner this market early. The same principle applied to the startups hawking their services at other nearby tables. Such services included specialty marketing, social media, sales software management, downloadable apps, and, of course, there were those offering all manner of advisory solutions to cannabis business. As one company's handout put it, we understand the unique cultural, political, and legal environment in which our clients operate and can assist with navigating through complex industry solutions. From another vendor came the promise of turnkey cultivation solutions. Whatever that means, Emerald, a slick lifestyle magazine, promoted a boutique cannabis culture. In another corner stood Carson Humsen, looking mildly unimpressed with all the attention, she was drawing as the millennial prodigy of the industry. At the age of 22, she founded Wacht, heralded as a Uber for weed workers. The firm connected rapidly expanding companies desperate for employees with people to fill their ranks. Carson started the business in 2015 with two employees. About four years later, she oversaw more than 25. Not unlike the siren call of the dot-com boom, venture capitalists, a.k.a. VC, are now rushing to the marijuana market, throwing money at it with wild abandon in the hope of reaping outrageous returns. In her first round of funding... Carson netted a cool $10 million. Total blast, she said, about the experience of building a pot business. Down another row of the expo. I will continue it later. Thank you. <music>